I think the people of this country have had enough of experts. The science If you changed. count the legal votes, I we easily agree. win. Go for a short it is time to get your bricks This candle smells like my vagina. It's supposed to be I shouldn't be up here. What? I should be back in the school on the other side of the ocean. What the fuck is going on? Part of the Acast Creator Network. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my special festive Jingle Bells Yuletide Christmassy sticking strictly to the regulations no parties on my own in a room podcast where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? Chris Whitty should announce sternly that it's now clear the number of people who despise Boris Johnson is doubling every two days and we have to accept that it will have affected everyone by Christmas, especially now that there's a new strain of despising him called the North Shropshire variant. There are thousands of reports of Conservative activists who are campaigning in the by-election that go, I went to one house in Oswestry where a retired admiral who still takes a frigate to fire torpedoes at foxes said, I've campaigned for the Conservative Party since 1821 that this wanker Johnson can fuck right off the useless lying twat. Now, Johnson seems to blame the press for this result for concentrating on tittle-tattle, such as industrial levels of lying and corruption, rather than concentrating on the positive things he's achieved, such as getting his flat decorated with beautiful wallpaper. And it might not have helped him that his staff appeared to work tirelessly to break every lockdown rule that they insisted everybody else had to keep by having a piss-up in Downing Street. Now, to be fair, Boris Johnson has announced that he's setting up an investigation into whether or not there was a party. And this will take a while, because it must be really difficult to investigate whether there was a huge party in your own house. I often have to investigate whether there's been a party in my own house that I had no idea about. And then I think, oh, maybe that does explain the bin full of empty bottles. I assumed a spider had brought them in. And when I heard drum and bass booming out from the kitchen, I automatically thought that foxes had learnt to use a keyboard. It'd make the most brilliant Sherlock Holmes story. He'd puff on his pipe, musing, there are no clues whatsoever as to whether there was a party apart from that the party is on film. And the whole country has seen footage of the government spokesperson practising how to deny that there was a party. This is our trickiest case yet, Watson. Now, this must be why they've called in Simon Case to investigate who, we now find out, had a Christmas party of his own with his team on December the 17th in the Cabinet Office. And in case there was any confusion about the work fund balance of the event, the digital calendar invites sent out in advance called it Christmas Party! Exclamation mark. So no one will be surprised now if we found out that last Christmas Eve, Pretty Patel held a festive Glastonbury in her own kitchen in which 80,000 party workers watched a Led Zeppelin reunion and she excused it by claiming it was a local council meeting to discuss planning permission for a stairway to heaven. Or if a tapestry emerged of hundreds of staff at a jousting event in the garden of Jacob Rees-Mogg and then he explained it by claiming his grounds were a vaccination centre and the lances were to give the jab to people with huge arms. But even if they can seem shady, 
These Conservatives are the brightest people, so we should leave them in charge anyway. For example, when Sean Bailey, the Conservative London Commissioner for Police and Crime, attended a party, broke all the rules, he was clever enough to leave no trace of his attendance except for a photo in which they all posed while drinking champagne. He must have thought, as I'm chair of the London Police and Crime Committee, I'll prove my commitment to both parts of the job by spending the day with the police and the evening committing crimes. Now, Johnson's usual strategy when he's caught lying is to change the subject. So, he unveiled his scheme to deliver one million booster jabs a day, which everybody knows they can't achieve. He might try this again now and announce, I will provide one million Pandas a day. Please go to your nearest panda drop-in centre and get your panda plus free bamboo. Get Britain moving. Book your panda as quickly as possible. See, he's had such a hold on us that some people even now are saying they fear him going because, well, we might get someone even worse. And this is understandable in the same way that if you've got rats in the house, you don't want to clear them out in case they're replaced by a stegosaurus. We should have taken this attitude in the war. Churchill could have said, We face a threat from Hitler such that will destroy our nation. So I urge the British people not to try to get rid of him as they may replace him with Liz Truss. Now, one scene that we will miss when Johnson has gone is entertaining press conferences with Chris Whitty, in which Johnson splutters a series of unconnected words and then the professor has to make them into a sentence. So he'll say, You can go to parties, but only those that have been cancelled. If you are from the planet Omnicron, you must return to Earth immediately. You must not attend Michael Gove's Christmas hot tub weekend unless you haven't been married to him. And then after a few minutes, poor Chris has to put all this into English and you know that later that evening, Professor Chris Whitty is in a dark room screaming, make it stop. Please, someone, make it stop. The scientific evidence suggests it is imperative that we make it stop. And in a year's time, Johnson will be gone. And then many of those who made him Prime Minister will pretend that they were nothing to do with him. But Johnson might copy Donald Trump and he'll get all his supporters to invade Downing Street. But only so he can retrieve the wallpaper that he got someone else to pay £800 a roll for. And if Johnson is asked then about the way he behaved as Prime Minister, he'll say, I never was Prime Minister. I, I, I need to investigate whether I was Prime Minister. But what the British people want is for me to get on with the job of making millions of pounds from having been Prime Minister. What the fuck is ah, well, Christmas is almost upon us, and it's only right that we should take time to reflect upon the meaning of Christmas. Now, we were hoping to have the Archbishop of Canterbury with us, but unfortunately, he tested positive for Omicron after a night clubbing at the Coalition Bar in Brighton. So instead, here's George Galloway. Let me put it to you, Father Christmas. Your complicity in the outsourcing of the postal service by the utilisation of privatised reindeer as opposed to the traditional red vans does you no credit. 
History will condemn your pernicious appropriation of the colour red, the choice of such august institutions as the Soviet Red Army, Chairman Mao's Red Book, and Simply Red, the exhilarating sword band fronted by Mick Hucknall. Your frivolity of climbing into chimneys whilst clutching a sack full of presents insults the memory of the Viet Cong who descended into tunnels for the purposes of defeating imperialism rather than to distribute hollow trinkets such as a locks of the Highlands calendar 2020, unwanted soap from Lush and socks monogrammed GG, the refusal to exchange which is still the subject of ongoing litigation. That, Father Christmas, if that is indeed your real name, is why I will not be leaving a mince pie under the Christmas tree. What the is going on? Well, it's impossible, as you know, to work out what the fuck is going on on your own. You need expert help. I say that every week. Sometimes I'm saying it a little bit uneasy, thinking, is this person going to be able to help? But not this week, because at last someone has made an effort with a Santa hat <laughs> looking as festive as it is possible to be. The glorious Emma Kennedy oh, is Mark. with us to help us elucidate this mad and crazy world. Do you know, it's been so long since I've actually seen you in actual person because I have such fond and lovely memories of doing your brilliant show back in the day. And I think I was Mary Shelley, I do believe. You were Mary yeah. Shelley. And you weren't just Mary Shelley. No. Have you forgotten who else you were? No, I was, uh, what's her face? The suffragette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be a great continuity announcer. And now on BBC What's Two, the, the next in the series of the Mark Steele Lectures with Emma Kennedy playing... Um, What's the face? What do you call it? A fucking woman. What a fucking Do you know um... what? My memory has gone to absolute hell. <laughs> I used to be a very keen quizzer. Did you? I don't know where my... Me- I have no recall now for very important names. Yeah, it's gone. She's gone. When you were a very keen quizzer, did you answer a lot of the questions with, oh, <laughs> you know, give me the point. It's, I've said who yes. it is. It's thing, you know, the formula. I yes. played her. I played the woman. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm going to need more of that Paxman. Which famous physicist uncovered the quantum division <laughs> theory in 1863? <laughs> oh, I played What's him. In a production about him. You know when you start something, then you immediately regret it because you've 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 got yourself into a terrible cul-de-sac that is just showing up your menopausal fog brain. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Quickly move swiftly on, Mark. <laughs> move swiftly on. Well, with a brain as sharp as this, we're going to be uh, finding out exactly what the fuck is going on. So, Emma. Here's a thing that I think that you must be interested in. Mm. So, I think that... I know we try to be impartial on this programme politically. Uh, We try to be very, very even-handed. But I couldn't help but feel a slight smidgen of joy at a certain Etonian fuckwit losing an election this week. But now it happened because... Well, it happened because of his own foulness. But the opposition all sort of got behind one 
candidate. Yes. And if they hadn't done, then the Conservatives might well have won. So now, what's your view on this? Is this what should happen everywhere? Absolutely. I think there are about 125 seats across the country where if we had organised tactical voting, we would take all of them from the Tories. And like, we'll take the local elections just in my small, tiny village. So we were voting for a borough councillor. And in my village, 3,500-odd people voted for candidates who were not the Conservative. Right. 1,000 people voted for the Conservative. We got the Conservative. So you have a situation where only 1,000 votes count and 3,500 votes are tossed into the bin. That's not democracy. It's not democracy. We need proportional representation. And when we have proportional representation, we will have parliaments that properly reflect actual votes cast. We will have parliaments that reflect the mood of a nation at any given moment, whatever that may be. And sometimes that will mean that people you and I regard as horrible people will be in parliament. But if that's what people want, that's what people want. I think we have to accept that. But what it will mean is that we can wave goodbye to this eternal grip on the nation that the Conservatives have. And the Conservatives get a free run every single time because the left and centre vote is split three ways. But it gets very, very frustrating because I think lots of people do agree with you. But it's really frustrating because when someone just... Wants, it's a bit like talking to an anti-vax person. Mm. I mean, for example, I know Brighton very well. And that's particularly frustrating because the Labour Party at one point, they made Caroline Lucas's seat a target seat. I mean, that's and stupid. that's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. And then in the next constituency along, the Greens, then to retaliate, they insisted on standing the candidate mm. there, even though it was really close between the Labour and the Tories. And exactly the scenario you said, so Labour lost by 200 and the Greens got about 800 votes and the Tory got in. <laughs> so, but the left will do this. Anyone sort of vaguely left or liberal will take great delight in defeating the person that's close mm. to them, even if it means... That Mussolini wins. So many, so many examples of crazy division on the left. I remember when I was about 25, I was in the Socialist Workers' Party and the militant in the area, there was about 20 of us and about 20 of them in Croydon. And they organised a march around the borough for jobs. And there was about six of them turned up on it and we decided to go along and yes, we're going to march for jobs as well. But they didn't want us on it. <laughs> so there were six of them walking around Croydon <laughs> and then six of us turned yep. up and they went, fuck off, you're not welcome here. <laughs> and we said, well, we're staying. And there was 12. <laughs> and I remember thinking, anyone looking must thinking that's a really pitiful march, but at least they're unaware that six of us were thinking this was all right to the other stuff <laughs> six turned up. <laughs> It's the Judea's People's Front all over again. Yeah, 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 completely, but worse. <laughs> but how about this for a link? If we don't and we just keep letting them mm. get in, you know what it'll end up like? North Korea. And have you seen what's happened in North Korea? They've issued an instruction that no one is allowed to laugh for 11 days. It's amazing. Because it's in honour of Kim, one of the Kim Jong people who died. Is Kim Jong un Oh, no, Kim Jong-il is the dead one, isn't he? Hence, ill. Thank you. And Kim Jong-un is the current ruler of North Korea, yes? 
Yes. Is your name linked to the state, the of, state your of how you die? Imagine that would be <laughs> great, career. wouldn't it? There's a Kim Young won't see the weekend now. Emma Severe Asthma <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> That's what we should do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what I love about this story is that they haven't just sort of cracked down on laughter. They've cracked down on any sign of happiness. No. <laughs> in any shape or form. People aren't even allowed to go out and do food shopping. They're not allowed to celebrate their birthdays. They're not allowed any booze. They've just got to basically, by diktat, sit around looking miserable. But I don't know about you, Mark, but every single time I'm in a situation where I'm told that I must not, under any circumstances, laugh, it has the exact effect, doesn't it? The the worst giggles. I know, it's the most human thing in history. There will be people all around North Korea going... I'm trying to think of the times I've lost it. Once when I was 18, I was a milkman at the time, and I, on my round, early on in my round, I used to deliver milk to a chap called Dave Charnley, who had been light heavyweight boxing champion of Europe. And he had this great big sort of like footballer's type house, and he had these two BMWs, one for him, one for his wife. And I backed the float <laughs> no. into one of the BMWs, and I heard this much oh, no. awful noise, and this sort of gravelly part. <laughs> Shit, it was about six in the morning. Shit. And so I thought, just get away quick. And nothing is more frustrating than trying to make a quick getaway in an electric milk float. And all day I was thinking, no one saw me. They won't have seen me. It was six in the morning. I got back to the yard and the manager was stood there. I could see him in the distance as I was driving. As I got within 100 yards, I could hear him screaming, you smashed up Dave Charlie's BMW, you fucking idiot. And what else could an 18-year-old boy do but go... Oh, no. I've got the sack. (laughs) Right, so, now the Queen isn't... The Queen's cancelled her Christmas, uh, apparently. Well, she doesn't want to see Prince Andrew, does she? (laughs) She's trying to avoid Prince Andrew. I mean, we, you know, we all are. I wonder if that's what's happened. I wonder if that's what's caused coronavirus. (laughs) We need something to get the fucking out of this bloody awful Christmas every year. I've got some friends in China. They can make up a virus and then I'm going to cancel it. I've not got long to go. If I can make the virus last another six or seven years, I can get out of having that fucking paedophile around my house. I mean, you've got to feel some sympathy for the woman. She's in her 90s now and there are members of the royal family who are perfectly decent people and do good things and and all of that but there are other members of the royal family who how can i put it yeah i mean you wouldn't want to spend any amount of time with them let alone a long boozy lunch in which one of them is going to get drunk and say inappropriate things this is what she's got to put up with on a daily basis i don't know about you but how is your christmas last year in lockdown when you actually weren't allowed to have a big family Christmas. I put it to you, Mark, that most people <laughs> were quietly pleased. <laughs> Thank you very much, Emma. Emma, one last question. Please tell us lots of things that you're doing that are going to be cancelled so that we won't be able to come to you. <laughs> well, no, the next big thing for me is my next book that's coming out, but it's not out till May, but it's called Letters from Brenda. I had a very complicated relationship with my dear mother. And when she died, I found myself really struggling with grief. And then three years after she died, my dad sold the family home and the new owners found two suitcases in the loft and they were full of letters from her to me. And that's what the book is about. Well, okay. in that case, 
we shall finish this by saying that you have to come back in, in May and tell us all about that. Thank you so much for enlightening us to what the fuck is going on. And I think, in all honesty, I could say, getting us a long way towards working out what the fuck is going on. Emma Kennedy, round of applause and bugles around the nation. Thank you for having me, Mark. What the fuck is going on? Hundreds of thousands of people have been getting their booster jabs this week, but not everybody is necessarily happy about this. Like this woman who I heard on a phone-in show. I'm sick of it, Jeremy. I am sick of it. All these drug addicts you see nowadays, hundreds of them, no-one but to nail it. I've seen them all queuing up at these walk-in centres, just roll up their sleeves and get their fix. And who's paying for that, eh? Mugs like me, that's who. I like a margarita with a slice of lime. No-one's giving me three of them free at a church hall. I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. Someone says they're not drugs they're getting, they're vaccines. I said, oh, yeah, but they're gateway vaccines. They start off on a vaccine for COVID. Next thing you know, they've moved on to harder vaccines for things like the plague and Potomac horse fever and Dutch elm disease. And why is it Dutch elm disease anyway? What's wrong with British elm disease? Aren't we allowed to disease our own elms anymore? Oh, I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. No wonder coronavirus is spreading when all these people are going around high on their vaccines. Well, I hope all these millions of people who've been vaccinated end up thinking they can fly. So they jump off the top of the shards and fall to their deaths. Anyway, have a good Christmas, Jeremy. So, good people of the podcast community, normally this is the point in the podcast where I very humbly tell you all the places that you can come and see me performing, doing various things, whatever it is that I'm going to be doing. And throughout January, very simple actually, if you want to come and see me anywhere live, all you've got to do is go onto my website, find out where I am, come up with a definitive cure for all known variants of coronavirus, distribute that to everybody in the world, and then everywhere will be open and you'll be able to come and see me. So that's, um, that's fairly simple, more complicated than that. You then have to go onto my website and find out how that works. However, you will be able to hear the book, Who Do I Think I Am, that's just come out on Audible, the story of my adoption. And as yet, coronavirus hasn't worked out how to affect audio books. Now, what the fuck is going on with this? Alex Marr, marvellous Twitter name, Alex Marr, 021269211. Maybe, Al Marsh, you are a real person and that is your unfortunate name. Maybe that's your number and you're in prison or maybe you're a, a little bot being designed somewhere in Vladivostok. But you ask what the fuck is going on with the fart in a jar lady. And as far as I can see, there is a lady who has collected her farts and put them in a jar and is, is selling them. But it seems to me that this has been derided as being an unpleasant sort of little uh, example of the modern world. But in fact, it's quite artistic, this. Also, how do you know it's her farts? If you find out that it's someone else's fart, if you find out that it's John Prescott's fart, can you sue? I think you should be able to. Now, the Formula One. So, Sue Jane Hall writes, 
The race to the end of the road is neck and neck between Boris Johnson and Michael Massey. Michael Massey was the sort of course director or something. But hang on, a safety car has just joined in the race. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, the Formula One season ended and it ended with Lewis Hamilton being well ahead of his rival Max Verstappen. But... And I don't really understand this. There was a crash and so all the cars had to bunch up. So all of the racing they'd done was then null and void and everyone had to just start neck and neck again. Which is, what is the, so it would be like if a football team was like 8-0 down and then, the I don't know, the centre-back crashed into the post and so the referee said, right, so now it's nil-nil again and then you start again. It's mad Formula 1. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if they go, oh, and now the rule is that because one car's ahead of another, a rubbish lorry has pulled out in front of them and it stops for 10 minutes so all the drivers have to wait behind. And then after they've set off again, if one of them is more than three seconds behind the other, then there's a four-way temporary traffic light system that takes 25 minutes to change, even though there's nothing coming the other way. So then Lewis Hamilton has to get an Uber, but it cancels on him when it's down to two minutes to picking him up because the driver's got a job to Heathrow. And so Max Verstappen wins on a camel. I have no idea what the fuck is going on, Sue, and you're quite right to alert us all to that. At BaldPaul147 says, Anti-5G necklaces found to be radioactive. Now, this is magnificent. First of all, because these necklaces and accessories claim to protect people from 5G mobile networks. So, first of all, it's a thing that you don't need protecting from these things. You might as well have, like, necklaces to protect you from the evil of dandelions or something. And then the protection instrument turns out to be radioactive. Uh, now, I think that is a, the Dutch Authority for Nuclear Safety and Radiation Protection apparently has issued a warning about these things. And that's very Dutch, isn't it? Usually I'm, on, I'm in favour of the Dutch attitude, a very liberal attitude. You know, we have to try and treat everybody equally and so on. But I think on this occasion, if you are mental enough to wear an anti-5G necklace, I think you do deserve to get radiation, I'm afraid. What the fuck is going on? For the second year running, many of our traditional Christmas events have been cancelled. And if it happens again next year, Christmas being cancelled will become a Christmas tradition. Now, I'm not an expert on cancelling Christmas, but we're lucky to have with us somebody who is deceased cricketer Fred Truman. Well, I mean, they're talking about uh, Christmas being cancelled or some such. I mean, I don't call this a cancelled Christmas. We used to have proper cancelled Christmases. We had Oliver Cromwell. He knew how to cancel Christmas. If you saw much as Et One Quality Street, the new model army would set fire to your Christmas tree and imprison your tinsel. I mean, uh, we had a lad in Pocklington. He was uh, humming Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rear. A neighbour reported him he was put in the stocks, made to wear a paper hat and force-fed Brussels sprouts by Nigella Lawson till he burst. I mean, he didn't do that again, I can tell you that. I mean, uh, you know, we had a left-hander from Nottingham, Digger Barnes. He refused to acknowledge there was such a day as Christmas Day. He just carried on batting. He made 124 and then he was uh, bored by a snowman. He went on to play for Gloucester till he melted during the hot summer of 1958. But, I mean, I, you know, that was proper cricket in those days. Not, I mean, these pink 
balls and what have you. As, uh, no, I mean, the only time we saw pink balls was in the team bath <laughs> after the game, but that's another story. I mean, uh, these days I do not like give up, I really do. Now, if you want to work out what the fuck is going on, then you need a voice of youth to help you in that endeavour. And so I very, very carefully, a few decades ago, bred someone who would be able to do that for us. Elliot Steele. Hello. Hello. And magnificently, you have managed to get positive for COVID, meaning that I've had to leave my own house. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want this. It's a good thing you left. Otherwise, you might have just had to sit indoors and be absolutely fine as well. Is there a bit of you that thinks, if I'm going to be stuck indoors for several days, at least I want to be ill? You'd feel like it meant something. Because that's really frustrating, isn't it? Oh, I was stuck in for 10 days and there was nothing wrong with me. I was just positive on the lateral flow. It's, it's infuriating. I have considered like just dropping something on my foot to make myself injured, just so it feels a little bit useful. It's absolutely... This is the thing I'm going to say, right? And I'm not blaming people. I'm not blaming the general public. I think there's a wider problem with him that people don't know how to be healthy and things like that. But we have put so much reliance on a vaccine, on a vaccination program. And the real thing is people should be, you know, maybe being a bit healthier than if they get a disease, they have a better chance of fighting it. But instead... We're so lazy. We're like, ah, nah, we'll let the pharmaceutical companies do that for us. Instead of, you know, this whole time, the whole disease is like, well, it seems to be killing the elderly. Are you elderly? The general problem? No, most of us aren't elderly. And the obese. Ah, oh, well, well, Pfizer has to come up with something to counter that. God forbid I should, you know, stop eating food all day and going for a jog. And then this is what happens. Is the country, like, you have a better chance of fighting it. I'm not going to agree with that prognosis. <laughs> you have to encourage people to be healthy. You can't just no, 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 fat course, pigs. Of course, of course. That, that's the problem. With that it. would have been the 1950s information film. Hello, this is a public information film on behalf of the BBC. If you're a fat pig, try and eat less. You're a bloody drain on resources. You great big fat bumbling oaf. That was the BBC. <laughs> but that'd be it because it's all late stage capitalism. Like you think oil companies are bad. Wait till you hear what the sugar companies do. Like... They're just as embedded in government as anything, the same way pharmaceutical companies are somehow embedded in government as anything. Because, you know, things like fats are blamed for being fat, but that's not it. It's, it's sugar. You need fats. Things like avocado, even full-fat yogurt, things like these. That's slow-release energy. You need all of those things. But the sugar companies were like, uh, can you, instead of blaming us, blame things like fats? But this is all stuff that, like, it's really hard to educate yourself on. It's really difficult because there's so many opposing things out there on nutrition. It's a really tricky thing. Well, I think one of the best ways to educate yourself with it is to not be allowed to go out for 10 days so you've got no choice oh, but to read everything on the God. internet because you've been tested positive for a virus that leaves you completely well. I would hasten to add that if you're Jeremy Corbyn's brother listening to this, please don't think that this means you're going to recruit us for one of your hilarious songs on the underground. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Piers Corbyn and some of his uh, little disciples made a very wonderful song in which they sing... Now, tell me if I've got this right. Wearing a mask is like trying to keep a fart in your trousers. And then they sing it. Wearing a mask All is like trying to yeah. keep a fart in your trousers. And they sing this 20 or 30 times. And um, I haven't checked, but I assume it's Christmas number one. 
it's up there. It's coming. There are so many things wrong with it that it's almost glorious. I mean, politically, socially, medically, and most of all, musically. It is. I, I think it's insane that a government that has been having Christmas parties during a time of lockdown last year is now asking people to lock down again. And what it does, one, to the industry that I work in decimates that. But two, also things like the fact that I won't be able to go to things like jiu-jitsu or the gym and all of these things that are like positive things. These are things that people should be doing to be healthy. Now, I understand, you know, there's people who have um, like, I have a medical condition. I have, I have quite bad asthma. I had bronchitis quite severely three weeks ago. That was like mm. way worse. Why didn't we all lock down for that? That actually did incapacitate. Well, because it's not as contagious. That's the reason. Oh, well, fair enough. All right. Well. <laughs> you can't just go, I was really miserable when Palace lost three games in a row. I didn't see a lockdown for that. Well, I, I did call for it. <laughs> but it's once again, my generation is being punished because the people who vote for this government are old fucking morons who should die <laughs> and they need to keep them alive for as long as possible so they can sell off the NHS. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're trying to keep these old fucking morons alive. Really, if we were a progressive society, I should be allowed to go to a nursing home and cough in their faces. Earlier in this podcast, we were discussing with Emma Kennedy the virtues of tactical voting in order that we try and find ways of preventing the Conservatives from winning despite the fact that they're in a minority. That's one possibility. The other is to wipe out old people. Well, it would work. <laughs> so there's a number of different strategies that could be employed for ending Tory rule. I can understand why people would vote Conservative and why people have Conservative values. But this isn't even conservative. These guys are authoritarian. They're pushing for things that I would imagine conservatives don't believe in. They want to damage small business. They want to damage all of these things and take away and give to their friends. They want to encourage less freedoms. They're not even doing things that benefit their own the people who support their parties. I don't understand why anyone would vote for these guys. And then they had parties while we were all meant to be locked down. So why haven't we, like, burnt? things to the ground like everyone should just ignore the lockdown in my opinion well i think that as we're not going to be doing a podcast over the christmas period it's nice that people will still be able to follow the podcast in the front pages of the newspapers when we're forced to apologize for saying old people are morons <laughs> and elliot should be allowed to go around nursing homes and cough in their face i agree i think i should <laughs> thank you very much elliot Steele. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, please subscribe, rate it, and if you can be bothered, write a review, and if you can't be bothered, definitely write a review. We've now got a website. Well, we've had a website for months since I was saying we've now got a website. What the F is going on podcast.co.uk. And if there's anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod at WTF is going on pod and we will look at every message you send. What the fuck is going on was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Emma Kennedy and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander and Pete Sinclair. It was written by Mark Steele, James Serafinowicz and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Dowling. It was produced and edited by Scott and Matt at Podmonkey. What the fuck is going on is a co-production between Podmonkey and Consec Industries.